And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. And welcome to Financial Fitness Friday. I'm Rich Rosso, CFP, here with Danny Ratliff. CFP. Good morning. Good morning to you. Weekend's here. Almost. Well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. If there, are there even weekends at this Danny's this calculating in his head all the chores he's got this weekend. He's going, you know, I don't know if it's a weekend. I don't even think I have chores <laughs> at this point. It's just taking kids from point A to point B. <laughs> so what Life is sort of getting back to normal. Kids got to go from here to this, to swim, to this. I sort of missed that with Haley. It's all good. It's, it's good times, but man, it'll wear you out. It was sure. Well... Well, speaking of worn out, we can't say that about the market this morning. We have Dow futures up 151, S&P futures up 25, NASDAQ futures up. You know, I think um, I think the change in the climate outside of the inflation factor that we've, I mean, if I hear that word one more time, uh, <laughs> it's it's sort of becoming, inund- I'm becoming inundated with the word inflation. You know, I, I was talking to someone yesterday and I said, they go, well, what do you think? And I'm like, you know what? I don't know. I I think some is there's got to be something between what the Fed says when they say, well, it's transitory and then there's structural or systemic. There's got to be somewhere in between. And I think that's where we're going to fall, Danny. I think there are going to be certain prices that are not going to go back to what they were pre-pandemic. Correct. Um, I just don't know what those are yet as with supply chain. Well, I don't know. I just don't know. We're seeing what. that in some of the staples already. We're seeing right. that in, in right. other areas. You think about the price to mm-hmm. build a, a home, a car, all of these things. And, and I think some of these things will come back, but it's like you said, it's what, to what extent and what will it be? Um, you know, we've had big concerns about uh, wage growth and we've had concerns for quite some time on wage growth, but yet here we're seeing in some parts of the economy, especially lower wage jobs, they're having to entice people to come out and, and, just file an file an application just to oh, go in for an bucks, interview. A hundred bucks. Wawa is out, uh, which is a supermarket chain, and so they're offering five hundred bucks. Wow. Yeah. Um, so you're seeing this across the board. Signing bonuses. You know, Amazon seventy five thousand new workers, a thousand dollars signing bonus. You know, the list goes on and on. You have to remember, you're in this honeymoon stage of spending where people are not price sensitive. If I were a CEO today. I would be testing the waters, raising prices. Usually companies don't have as much pricing power. Yeah, companies like Apple usually do, but there are companies, most companies don't. Now there's this their opportunity to go ahead and say, hey, people are just want to spend money. Plus, of course, there are companies that are having supply chain disruption and they have to pass it down to us. But yeah, and, and through the pandemic, nobody spent. So we've got cash and coffers and, you know, Americans, we don't like that. We don't like we don't like to have like emergency reserves that are well bolstered. We don't want that. So you're going to no need. We're going to see all you know. We'll see some of that drain. But then what I wonder about Danny is what do we become price sensitive about once we get past the honeymoon stage and life sort of goes back to normal, and people go, oh my gosh, what's the deal? And you also got to remember, there's still a lot of people living paycheck to paycheck. 
that that's not going away. So what I hear on the media, then I'll let you chime in on this. What I hear on the media now is that we're in the 80s again, and this is a whole new paradigm. But I'm like, well, what's changed from pre-pandemic to post-pandemic? Has really anything structurally changed? I think that I don't think so. But I think there's I more think creativity so. surrounding how they can they can do these price increases. So think about this. Uh-huh. You mentioned Apple. Remember when Apple came out with the, the phone and it was uh, they they made like a thousand dollars and we all freaked out like oh my goodness this is terrible who's right. going to go buy a phone? But then they they got really smart and they put out a payment plan mm-hmm. for the phone because we're all so accustomed to payments. Everybody says oh yeah heck I can afford you know twenty five dollars for the rest of my life no that's big all, deal. That's all we do right? We yeah. look at payments. And, yeah. But guess what's happening now? So we'll go to HEB and shop, and I'll get a, an email from the credit card, and they'll say, hey, you spent you know $400 at HEB. Would you like to put this on a payment plan? And I thought, what? Yeah. So they're <laughs> doing that with some staples now. These credit card companies are getting very creative, which I think gives more leverage to some of these other companies to raise prices. So this is interesting. So they're sort of micromanaging the data. Mm-hmm. So they see where, of course, because they know where you spend anyway, because that's how I also tell people, we tell people at the end of the year, you know, try to put as much on credit cards, but ah, ah, Rich, what do you think? Pay them off. But it's a good way to track your spending and get cash back and so forth. But now they can use that data. And you go into these credit card companies are hurting right now because people have been paying off credit cards. I just read a report that banks are really looking at finding ways to give people credit that really have very poor credit scores, if any. Correct. Um, so that may, that's interesting to know. So how many, I wonder how many people go, huh? Oh, I, you know, I don't know. We pay it off every month, but I think that- four, 400, So you spend 500 bucks at HEB and they call you and they go, I wonder how many people actually take the deal. Well, clearly somebody's taking it. I mean, they. Say, they I, I bet it, I right. get it. You know, a couple times a month where they say, "Hey, you had X amount at a purchase," and it is usually for some reason at the the grocery store. Huh. I don't ever get it if you're going, you're spending money somewhere else. But it's like the grocery store for some reason for us seems to be what they're targeting. So I don't know if it's because of the price increases that we're seeing. I'm not sure. You know, I, I haven't quite figured out how to equate that and, and figure out what the formula is here, but. Something's going on, which I do believe gives some companies a little bit more wiggle room, potentially. Some leverage to raise. And yeah. we've seen it with Kimberly Clark, Procter & Gamble. Um, you mentioned lumber. All the memes about lumber. Hey, they had one with Scarface, like instead of uh, drugs in front of him. He's got like Bunch plywood. Lumber, yeah. plywood. Um, Did you see the one where the guy says, I'm thinking of selling my house in parts. <laughs> Parting out my house. You know, the housing market's so hot. Who knows? Yeah. What, what, what would you get more for? But here's the point <laughs> I try to tell people. It's like anything else. Be smart. Don't go with the herd. Danny knows I've been trying to find the house forever. But I'm not going to move right now. I am not going to leave and pay those prices that I see right now. I am going to wait. Unless so, you have something fall in your lap. Unless I have something fall in my lap. But that's not happening, right? So houses come up on Monday. They're gone by Tuesday. Uh, and here's the point. I'm not going to chase it. We've learned that everything is cyclical, okay? There's going to be a price point or what's going to happen where we're seeing migrations. And, and, and again, we still don't know a lot of the trends that have changed when it comes to work because we know work trends have changed. Real estate trends are going to change. Uh, one of the trends as people have been moving from high-tax states into Texas and, and Florida and so forth once maybe those states sort of get their act together to some degree, um, people might moderate 
Also, I'm hearing and I'm reading a lot of stories that people that did a quick migration from up north to down south are regretting it. Um, so the point is, if you're in to buy a home, you know, interest rates are probably going to stay lower for a while because with demand as hot as it is, interest rates are still low. So don't rush into buying. It's just like when people want to buy crypto or anything else or people that are sitting on cash. You are the king. Take your time. Cycles change. We get back. I'll get some interesting commentary to share about Social Security. But we also want to talk about the rothification of retirement. You know, some unique spin on the Secure Act 2.0 that uh, I never really thought about, Danny. But something interesting we want to share with you here on Financial Fitness Friday. We will be right back. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Our best candid coffee ever is coming up Saturday, May 22nd with Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff. Plus, a very special guest appearance by Lance Roberts with his popular mid-year investment review. We're going for the best on our next candid coffee. The best types of accounts for saving for health care, retirement, and emergency reserve. And Lance's mid-year investment review on candid coffee with Ratliff and Rosso and Robert. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. So we are um, May 22nd. We're having a canned coffee. And, you know, Candid Coffee is our chat time with you. It's our time to share across the kitchen table things we want to do. And this is going to be the best one yet because we're going to share with you um, a few things. The best accounts to save for health care, for retirement, emergency reserves. In other words, people always want to know the vehicle of things. But guess what? I can't read that from here. Um, I can't read that. Sorry. But we also have the best of... Lance Roberts? It's Lance's famous mid-year investment review. So, of course, Lance will only show up on a candid coffee that has the word best in it. (laughs) Or famous. Yeah, that's the only thing. Otherwise, he's going, I'm too, you know, I'm too cool, can't do it. You know, I'm charting. It's the only way we can entice them to yeah, get on. Yeah, I'm charting right now. And so. you'll be able to have a glimpse inside the inner sanctum at the Roberts house. The estate. Yes. At the reserve. Yes. The Roberts reserve. Mm-hmm. Did he let you get the uh, video equipment past the moat? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> so this is going to be good, though, because yes, it's going to be, be instead of a mid-year review, like in July, you know, there are a lot of things that are coming up here at the beginning of this summer that we do have concerns over. And, you know, we figured this would be a good time to just kind of talk about these things in an open format. Uh, we are taking questions. So Ooh. go to realinvestmentadvice.com. If you start sending those questions in, we will try to address them. Also, if we can't get to them in time or during the show, we will be putting together an encore video, which will be addressing specifically those. In fact, we're 
actually going to be doing that with our last one from our Medicare Lunch and Learn. Short video, right? We Just had going to break it's it up, be a short video. We only had like 22 questions during the event. Um, couldn't get to them all. So we will be getting to those and seeing those back out to everybody who was mm-hmm. uh, participated. So go sign up, realinvestmentadvice.com. We'd love to have you guys there. Also send in those questions so we can uh, get those prepared and ready. By the way, the recording of the last Lunch and Learn is up on the YouTube channel. Awesome. I've gotten some nice commentary on it. It's about Medicare, and we just go through the basics. The basic. I will tell you, the, the most of the questions I get are, are on federal employee health benefits and the coordination. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, it's difficult. <laughs> it is difficult when you have a federal plan and you also have to choose between Medicare. It's not as clear cut. Um, but go through, if you go through the presentation, uh, you'll see, um, you know, just the basics of things you need to avoid to just to make sure you're not hit with penalties. Um, we want to make sure that we're very well versed in Social Security and Medicare, which are very important to, you, to your overall retirement planning. Um, and also any changes, good or bad, that might occur, any changes in taxation that might occur. Yes, Social Security is most likely taxed for you, 50 cents to 85 cents on the dollar. So um, we want to make sure we understand that um, overall. Interesting, as I read this book, The Truth About Social Security, this is what I read, um, I really didn't know the origins of Social Security. I didn't really understand well, yeah, we talk about on our programs, you know, 1935 is when it was first initiated, the idea. But it really comes from a grassroots effort. Um, so Congress comes and first debates Social Security in 1935, right? And then it gets, you know, there's revisions to include spousal benefits and survivor benefits and all that. But in 1933, this doctor, Francis Townsend, from Long Beach, California, he was 66 years old, unemployed, no savings, and he knew he wasn't alone. So he was looking out his window one day and he sees an old woman digging through her trash um, for something to eat. And the sight got him. It really upset him. So he, he writes a letter to the editor of the Long Beach Press-Telegram. That's the local newspaper. He details this incident he witnessed and he proposes a solution. Here's his idea. He publishes this on September. They published this on September 30th, 1933. Brent was just a toddler then. Was that the federal government should provide every person age 60 or older a payment of 200 bucks a month. A pricely sum if you think about this in the 30s. The only requirement in addition to being retired and not a criminal was that the recipient had to spend every cent within 30 days of receipt. So this idea, this concept, just from him looking out the window watching a woman rummage through garbage, right, created this groundswell, right? Um, He wrote this letter in the newspaper. Time Magazine reported it in October 15th of 1934. There were what we call Townsend Clubs, you know, Danny, I never knew all this stuff. Townsend clubs in every state except Delaware, between 2 million and 5 million people put their names to petitions begging their congressmen to vote the plan into effect. 
at once. I never knew the, or I really thought FDR, Congress came up with this due to the Great Depression, right? Like this was way to provide a social net, right? Or insurance, wage insurance of some kind. But it all stemmed from this doctor looking out his window in 1933. It's amazing. Isn't that wild? It is. Yeah. Well, those are things that and nobody so, teaches you about Social Security or any of these other, other no, plans. No, it's always about like here are the benefits and yeah. here is this. And Nancy Altman. Well, uh, but hold know, on. Most people don't care except for probably you and I. <laughs> Everybody's like, yeah, just give me my money. Yeah, boring. But it is a fascinating book. Not that you want to read it. You'll probably fall asleep. But we spent a lot of time understanding the dynamics because here's what we have to do with Social Security. We have to battle myths all the time. We have to make sure you understand what the program is. Okay, it's not welfare. You've paid into it. It's not like, you know, you're destined, you know, it's not like somebody's giving you an entitlement. You've paid into this. One of the things that Danny and I do and when we look at what you get in social security benefits, just say, okay, here's the lump sum, here's the payout with you and your spouse and possibly children. When we run those numbers and we compare those to say private annuities, we can't get those benefits that Social Security provides. It's actually the best annuity out there. So we make sure, that, again, you got to take the politics out of it, take the emotions out of it, and look at it for what it is. You've paid into it. It's not what you get out of it. It's how much cash flow, and, and, and it's what we call this longevity insurance, right? It's going to be like, gosh, well, I'm going to, I have, I don't know how many people come to me and go, I'm going to be dead at 79. What what crystal ball do you got there, buddy? <laughs> what if you don't? What if you live longer? And are you considering your spouse, say your female spouse, who women live outlive us by at least five years, are you making the right choices for you and a spouse that may have not paid into the system as much as you have? So it's really important for us um, to help you understand the dynamics of social security. Now, you know what they're saying about the cost of living adjustment for next year, Danny? It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. They're thinking it's going to be 4.7% uh, for a cost of living adjustment for Social Security next year. I don't know. I mean, that's the talk. We this will be the yet. largest largest adjustment since we've seen since 2009. And so wow. basically, anytime you come out of any of these recessionary periods, you do see some inflationary push. Those numbers, what they base this off of, should be higher, right? So this would be expected, but will it be enough? I, well, because we don't know if you have Medicare premiums coming out of Social Security, right? We don't know what kind of increase you might get there, correct? Because yeah, that'll eat up some of it. It's just the number. I thought the number would be fairly decent. I didn't realize how decent it it possibly was going. Um, well, to be compared it, to the past, relatively speaking. Correct. Relatively speaking, the issue is, is it really that good if inflation's right there as well? Eh. Well, no. I mean, on an absolute, you know, on an absolute basis, it looks, you know, uh, you know, and, and, and compared to what relatively I'm comparing it to. Correct. If I'm comparing it to what we've gotten in the past. Your 1.6, your 0.9. Yeah, yeah. Or some years, nothing. Or um, so, yeah, it may not really be much, but it also depends on where we're going to be looking at um, Medicare Part B. You brought up a really good point with that, though, because many what? people, they don't understand that sometimes you may actually get this raise and you feel really good about it. But then they raise the Medicare premium so much <laughs> that it just offsets it. You're like, what the heck? I'm making less money this year. Right. 
That's another issue. That's that's one thing I wish they'd look at a little differently. You know, we've talked about how they look at CPIW instead of CPIE, which is probably more in line with, with you know, seniors and what they spend money on. Yeah, because, the you know, to Danny's point, what you got to remember, when they adjust for cost of living adjustment for security, they're basing it upon urban wage earners, not based on what older Americans might be spending their money on, right? Um, so that that's called the CPI-E for elderly well, that's a terrible word. Um, that's just what it is. So um, you never know. Things like that could change in the future uh, overall. So one of the things we want to, we, you know, we talk about these best of accounts, the best of Lance Roberts in his compound. I think he's got giraffes now in the backyard. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's probably the only animal that can see over his fence. Oh yeah, with the with the hey, yeah, because I always wonder. I always wonder. Hey, Lancey, I always wonder like if I how how he has to buzz me in if I ever go there to the compound. Um, what's the password? Does he I don't even have do that. that Doesn't password. he have somebody who does that? Well, I think he's got three words when I come over. Release the hounds. Um, so, um, but one of the accounts Danny and I love, health savings accounts, right? So what we're seeing is that health saving contribution limits are going to increase. And we're going to talk about that when we get back uh, as one of the best accounts you can have in your lifetime. The health savings account. I'm going to get a shirt that says HSA to match Danny's um, cape. All right, we get back. We'll talk about that and many other things here on the Financial Fitness Friday show of The Real Investment Show. Stay tuned. to The Real Investment Show. Our best candid coffee ever is coming up Saturday, May 22nd with Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff, plus a very special guest appearance by Lance Roberts with his popular mid-year investment review. We're going for the best on our next candid coffee, the best types of accounts for saving for health care, retirement, and emergency reserve, and Lance's mid-year investment review on Candid Coffee with Ratliff and Rosso and Roberts. Register now at Real Investment Advice. RealInvestmentAdvice.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. Welcome back to The Real Investment Show. I'm Danny Ratliff here with Certified Financial Planner Richard Rosso. So, we like to talk about ways that you guys can save money. And this day and age, obviously, with rising wages and inflation and all these things that we keep throwing about, it's becoming a little bit more difficult to um, keep money in your pocket. So we want to make sure that you can keep money in your pocket away from Uncle Sam. And this is going to be a big thing, I think, in the future. Obviously, you know, we keep hearing daily about rising taxes. Um, and one way and one account that we absolutely love is the health savings account, or better known as the HSA. And 
HSA, their actually contribution limits are going to increase a little bit this next year, um, which is great. Typically, we do see a little bit of uh, adjustment every year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year, your contribution limits. Now, keep in mind, if you're on an HSA, you may not have, you may not have access to one, first and foremost. Uh, yet to be on a high deductible health plan. Right. Um, and which so, more and more companies are. They are. They're, adopting. They're passing the burden on to the employees. And I think that we're going to continue to see this trend mm-hmm. increase over time. And so as we do, this is an account you may not be real familiar with, but I would encourage you to familiarize yourself with these accounts and max these out every single year. Because this is, I mean, Rich, this is what, this is probably the best account that's out there. Yeah, they don't raise these limits enough. No. But um, your health savings account allows you to save pre-tax. Then you can allocate the money among all different choices like your 401k. I want you to think of it like a retirement 401k. This is not a flexible spending account where you have to you know, use it or lose it every year. This is an account where you can, of course, draw from it for expenses, but we would implore you not to. Just let the money grow. And then once you're using it for qualified expenses, healthcare expenses, which you will most likely have more in retirement uh, or as you age, uh, the money comes out completely tax-free. So you can have yourself a very nice nest egg. By the way, Fidelity came out with their new study on healthcare. What was the old number? Like what, uh, what a couple spends in lifetime in premium so far was like 260 or yeah. 70,000. It's up to 300,000 now, right? So this, this is money that you are going to use to pay for expenses. And I will tell you, all this money that comes out doesn't trigger your taxes on Social Security. Uh, so I want you to think about it as a retirement 401k. So they went ahead and they've raised these limits. I don't think they ever raised these limits enough. They just sort of tippy toe into these things. Um, but I think more and more people are going to have to look to contribute. Not only that, employers are now also many times giving you matches up to a certain point or putting dollars in for you, which is great, which is almost acting like a 401k to some degree. So what's the limits, Danny? If if I'm an individual and I have a high deductible plan and my employer has this health savings account, what am I I able to do in 2022? Yeah, so so right now, currently for 2021, it is $3,600. They're going to increase it by 50 bucks. You're gonna be able to put in 3,650, so $3,650. Now, if you're a family, you can currently put in $7,200. That will also increase an additional 100 bucks, so 7,300. So it's not knocking the cover off the ball by any means from, Mm -hmm. um, you know, saying, wow, this is great. We're increasing it substantially, Um, which I hope at some point they do give more accessibility towards this type of an account and um, give you the benefit of putting more in. You know, it would be good to use if, if it would be nice if they were able to use it correct. for long-term care, but that's not there yet. But I think over over time, um, we'll, be changes. See, we'll see changes to that. But this is a very positive account. In some, in some cases, we will tell people to max this out first over their 401k. Uh, and then... In other cases, we have to be careful because if you go on to Part A, Medicare, uh, you are no longer able to contribute to an HSA. So if you have an employer plan, 20 or more employees, right? And you say, well, I don't know. I don't, should I go on Medicare? Well, if you're contributing to an HSA, even though you can sign up for Part A, which is, which is you've already paid in for that, you're not going to pay a premium, an additional premium on, we will tell people no. No, can, can continue. If you're going to stay at your employer past 65, 
uh, and you're still able to contribute to your HSA, do that over taking uh, for signing up for Medicare. Now, of course, if you signed up for Social Security, you're automatically signed up for Medicare. There's nothing we could do about that. So uh, these are great, great accounts for your family, especially what's going to happen is your kids, your grandkids, when they go through benefits packages, they may say, Grandpa, Grandma, or Dad, what do I do? you got to look away from the traditional and think about what life's going to be like when they're your age and say, listen, um, one of those things is to max this health savings account out. The next thing is possibly looking at Roth. And this is where we want to talk about, you know, Danny Roth, all of a sudden, we brought it into the spotlight. It was sort of shy, didn't want to come out and, you know, sort of hiding in the, under the, in the curtains. Now, this is Roth's time to shine with possible tax increases. Everybody's talking about Roth. I mean, when Rick Edelman's talking about it and Susie Orman is talking about it, it almost makes me think we shouldn't be talking about it anymore. Well, it's, it's, it's when there's, uh, ins- you know, if there's a storm in the Gulf of Mexico and everybody here in Texas wants to go buy, you know, flood insurance. <laughs> it's the same thing, right? Oh, we know we're going to have higher taxes. Now, maybe. Now you should look at the Roth. It's like, come on, people. This stuff we sh- we've been encouraging people to do for a long time. And the reason being is because we knew this day was coming. Now, granted, it has been, it, it's been sped up just a bit. And we're seeing this. It's likely going to happen much quicker than, you know, either the taxes sunsetting or a change further down the road. So you're right. Now everybody's screaming from the mountaintop saying, hey, use the Roth account. And so much so that we're even seeing the government get on board, which I wonder why, and encouraging and making changes with how you make catch-up contributions, <laughs> where you're putting funds. And this is sneaky. We talked about it as a positive, right? Like all of a sudden, your employer was going to be able to put money into you know hit their contributions into your plan post-tax. Correct. You would pay taxes on it. Like all of a sudden, we see all these Roth doors opening up. But I wasn't... I guess I wasn't nefarious enough to think about, wait a minute, because people always say to us, well, what what makes you think the government's going to be so happy with, you know, the Roth? They can tap. They can take money from that, just like they take the traditional IRA. And I'm like, well, it's like J.G. Wentworth. They need the money now. Well, guess what? That's what the Secure Act 2.0 is, the J.G. Wentworth Act. That's so there was there was uh, someone that wrote a great article um, uh that uh, talks about Jamie Cox, who wrote this article. Uh, I think he's an advisor, but it was really great because what he's looking at is, is, is you know, raising retirement age, but really this, this, op- this more reception for Roth. And I was thinking, well, maybe the government's just getting smarter and helping people out, but I should never think this way. Because it's really because with Roth, they're getting the money now. Well, they need versus, the money now. Right, versus waiting to, yeah. for the tax deferral to kick in. But guess what? I still think the joke's on them because I still think it's going to be better for you to do Roth because they're still falling under the guise of, well, when you retire, you're going to fall to the lowest tax bracket. Well, for some people, that's true. For most people, it isn't. Especially if I consider taxation on Social Security. So this Rothification of retirement is a sort of a really way to flank this concept a bit that I just didn't get. I'm so naive, Brent. 
so naive. Well, this is one of those things that, that we knew they'd be making changes towards. Which, yeah. So so what leads me to believe is that they know that if, okay, well, maybe we put the cart before the horse and did this a little bit too soon, and but we need the money, right? It's not that they want the money. We always know that they've wanted your money. Now they need it because they can't stop spending. And I think, Rich, this is going to lead to changes with Social Security taxation. Mm-hmm. I think it'll also lead to Medicare surcharges. They're going to change income limitations because they're going to see down the road that people do have more flexibility. And unfortunately for us, they're likely not going to like that. I mean, that may be me being sinister in that aspect that, Rich, maybe I just think that they're not necessarily out for what's best for you. No. But what's best for them and, and, and their spending habits. Here's what Mr. Cox writes in the article, which I think is pretty fascinating. He goes, it's possible. I don't see this, but go there with me. Come with me. It's possible that tax-deferred options will be increasingly disallowed in retirement plans as Congress looks to find more tax dollars, he said. For some people, this approach could be a good thing, since there's a lot of people who would otherwise not do any savings in Roth accounts. I mean, that would be pretty radical. (laughs) So... We were taking the shine off of tax-deferred accounts just based on taxes. Now it looks like the government's going to go ahead and take the shine off of them, too. What are all these mainstream people going to do? They're just going to sit there and mumble. They have no, well, uh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what kind of bad advice to give you anymore because the government's taking it away from me. Oh, they'll find something. Okay. Thank you for restoring my faith. Um, So... This is where it's going to be really interesting to see. And this new Secure Act 2.0 is not, it's past the House. It's not the, not officially the House, but some element of the House. House Ways and Means. Yeah, so we're right. So we still have to see if this comes to fruition. But this also defers over a 10-year period your ability to take your RMDs. Actually, I think it complicates it a bit to pull them out from age 70 and a half or 72 to now 75. But it's a longer process to get there. We'll talk about this more when we get back here on Financial Fitness Friday of The Real Investment Show. Stay tuned for our last segment. I bid farewell to old Kentucky the place where I was born and raised. The place where I was born and raised. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. Our best candid coffee ever is coming up Saturday, May 22nd with Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff, plus a very special guest appearance by Lance Roberts with his popular mid-year investment review. We're going for the best on our next candid coffee, the best types of accounts for saving for health care, retirement, and emergency reserve, and Lance's mid-year investment review on candid coffee with Ratliff and Rosso and Roberts. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com, realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. Welcome back. And uh, last segment. Remember, again, Candid Coffee, May 22nd. This is when uh, everybody's in their jammies. 
Well, not Lance. He doesn't play along. Um, but we want to help you understand the best accounts to save for healthcare. We've already opened the door for that. Retirement, we've sort of opened the door for that. And emergency reserves. So stay tuned. And then Lance's mid-year update with all that's going on and the distortion of asset prices wherever you go, right? I mean, this is everything being distorted by massive liquidity. And one of those things are cryptocurrencies. And I'm going to explain to you this. And there's a great article in the Wall Street Journal today, if you haven't picked it up, that the IRS is finally starting to come alive when it comes to collecting taxes. They're starting to pursue Americans who aren't paying taxes on them. Right? IRS is sending out summons to these these companies, these like Coinbase type companies or these trading conduits. Provide information on your people. You have to take it seriously if you haven't looked at you know, this is going to fall through the cracks. They're going to be looking to get information. Um, again, the IRS has done this before, but I think, you know, uh, the president has allocated about $8 billion bucks to go to refurbish or get the IRS away from, like, Microsoft Windows 95. <laughs> or whatever year they're using. Um, a little DOS software. Yeah, a little DOS. Uh, I can't get my computer to start up. Um, so they, they, they are going after these crypto firms for information on their customers to make sure that you are paying taxes. And I have a feeling with a lot of these novice people getting into these things and selling them and nobody is keeping track and it could be really scary. Now, the one thing that I think I thought I'm really wrong about, and I didn't know this. I always thought when you sold crypto, it was always ordinary income because it's like a collectible. It's or it's 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 not looked at like an like a like an investment, right? Uh, almost like property to some degree. And like I thought they were going to treat it maybe like they do gold ETFs, where you're there. There's no, you know, in that form. But there are long-term capital gains if you hold them for longer than a year. I have yet to find anybody who's holding crypto longer than a year. At least the majority. I'm sure there are people that have bought crypto years ago. But keep in mind, if you think that, well, this is going to fall through the cracks, it's, <laughs> you better be prepared. I don't know about you, Rich, but I've never met a person that didn't buy Bitcoin for less than like 1000 bucks. No, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, everybody's a, a winner. Yeah, everybody's a winner. And if a worker is paid in Bitcoin, then you're going to have income taxes, payroll taxes, self-employment taxes are going to be due. So these are taxable transactions. So um, I'm just saying that there's going to be a lot to come with this. So you better be keeping track as best you can on gains and losses on this stuff. Um, and I just think it's going to get more... Um, more serious as time goes on, right? Well, I think there's gonna, these companies are obviously going to have to do better reporting, keeping up a cost basis, providing that to you, um, which I don't think in the past they've typically done. I'm, I could be mistaken here because I'm not a crypto trader by any means, uh, nor am I an expert on it. But 
Yeah. Um, they're, they're going to have to act more like a brokerage firm than not. They are. They're going to have to provide, I think, you know, even some, you know, more official reporting. You're going to have to really go through. I don't know what kind of reporting, like you said, uh, that these firms provide. But whatever it is, it may not be up to snuff for what is required, especially with the amount of trading and all these different these different cryptos that pop up out of nowhere. Right. Um, how about when I buy my virtual land, Danny, when I buy my in, in, um, in Bitlandia and, um, you know, we go to the coffee shop and, uh, you know, we go back to the kingdom and I say, listen, I'm going to sell my lot, my virtual lot, because I have a nice backyard. I'm going to sell that to Brent. Um, and I'm going to make like 30 grand on that. But how are sale. you going to, I'm, I'm more concerned with how you're going to capture the taxation for all the resources that you have on that virtual property. You know, the, the wind farm you have, the solar. Yeah, I don't uh, have to pay back for to the electric uh, company. Oh, I mean, that's you know, true. I mean, all of these great things. You just pay for it with virtual tax money. <laughs> I like it. I wonder if they do have a virtual tax office. Oh, I'm, I'm, hey, oh, if they right. were really smart, they would. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm just impressed that somebody actually came up with the idea and thought that they could sell it. And then they're like, you got to imagine like the first time they sold this, somebody was like, oh, my gosh, somebody bought this. It's a fairyland. Exactly. So you pay for it with fairyland money. Yeah. When you go to the coffee shop, mm -hmm. there's no barista. It's a unicorn. Right. And it's but, but people are paying for these things with real money. Well, so No, they are. They're paying real I money know. for these lots. I know. $37,000 lots. That you know you can build your castle on. I mean, some kids. You know, I'm sorry, I, I was going to send you to school, but I bought this great investment for you instead. Um. Well, you know what's interesting about this because I, you know, unfortunately, I go into the rabbit hole of this stuff um, on the boards, and you know what's cool is they have like bulletin boards in these little towns. Like, meet meet us for coffee at uh, you know it's on Saturday exactly morning here. at six o'clock and stuff. And so I'm like, okay, well maybe I should go. Like. Um, Here's the funny part, right? So then you read about... Can you go? I mean, are, are I don't you, know. I've been thinking maybe I should you get even, an invitation like you do when you... Like I say, I want to buy property in Tennessee, right? Come out and see us. Um, so I'm thinking that this is what happens because your brain can create things that you feel it, it feels is real. In other words, if you tell your brain something often enough, you it believes it, right? So you can just say, oh boy, I'm going to meet Danny. I'm just sitting in my computer, but I'm going to meet Danny at the coffee shop and Brent. We're going to have a great conversation. And then I'm going to go home and I'm going to be like, whew, what a morning that was. And I didn't even leave my room. Um, I, it's a weird, I'm telling you. But, but I, I don't think they could invite you because you're not a real fictitious person. No, they, write, they invite real people. <laughs> Wait, like, you're it, you're not a real fictitious person. Correct. You're right? not a real fictitious. person. I mean, think about this. It's all it's all fairyland. Did I your mean, head just explode? Yeah, mine did. Yeah. Don't worry. It took me a minute to think of that one. But this is where you have to go. You have to create terminology like this to even get into this fantasy land. You know, I always wanted Candyland when I was a kid to be real. You know the game Candyland? I do. Okay. I have three children. I'm very aware like of it. Like when you went through the lollipop, and I'm like, if this then, why haven't they made a movie about Candyland? Because it's the best land ever. Okay? It's, it's, so why don't we take Candyland and create a crypto, like a candy crypto, and we, you know, the little gingerbread dude is running around and stuff. You take a bite out of him, he runs by. I mean, that I can understand. This stuff is way beyond me. I'm... 
I'm sort of lost. But this is what happens. Things you can never imagine in reality with the massive fiscal and, and monetary liquidity that Powell says, no, nah, nah, nothing, nothing weird is going on here. Everything's fine. Yeah? Well, let me invite you to the virtual town, Mr. Powell. Okay? And let me see what you think about it. Or have you heard of doggy coin? <laughs> Whatever. Dozy doggy. Do you know what? Musk must sit in his office. Because I know he always puts stuff, crazy stuff on Twitter. He's got to tell his girlfriend or his wife, like, hey, watch this. Look at these idiots. Let me just show you what happens here. Okay. And they must laugh for days. And you know how hard it must be for him not to tweet out, you're all jerks, right? It's got to be so tough for him to not tweet that out. I think he stopped doing drugs. I mean, this is like his high now. Like, watch this tweet. Well, but the point is, I don't think, you know, he's not tweeting enough good stuff because what he's probably really thinking and talking about in his luxurious digs is like, watch this. I'm going to create some coin here and let's watch a trade over the next few days. It is crazy. Okay. The stuff that you want to do just to move if you want to, you know, get another house for your family that you're going to pay ninety dollars to $100,000 for a tract home above the average price. It's crazy. People are stopping people on the street to buy their cars for above market value. It's crazy. We are seeing insane kind of stuff because of the fiscal and monetary policy, which is reckless. And sooner or later, Danny, that has to come to roost. It does. It, 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 you have to unwind some of the craziness. So that's where it's tough for us as investors emotionally. We got to step aside. Right? Because even buying the house in the bidding war, think of a bidding war. You really want this house. You love this house. And I'm bidding against you, Danny. And now I'm bidding and I really want this house. So now I'm not even thinking about my money anymore. You know, what's another 10? What's another 20? What's another 30? It's you another mean, year. A, it's another year to, to get your money but back. But you're not you thinking to, about yeah. during the bidding war, right? You're just going, I want this house. My wife wants this house. Look at this great yard. You got to step back and not be crazy like the fiscal and monetary officials doing the stuff that they're doing. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. But some of the stuff you got to laugh at, the virtual town. I'm going to meet Danny tomorrow in uh, Biteland, and we're going to we're going to go and uh, Miss Unicorn's going to be serving us up some uh, some uh, frappuccinos and stuff. So, we'll, no, Danny says no, he won't be there. I don't have anything funny to say. All right, <laughs> all right guys, quick. you all have a great weekend. Lance on Monday. We'll see you next week. Bye. Have a great one. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet. Sign up for the Real Investment Report now at realinvestmentadvice.com. It's a rich man's world.